Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bing bong. Bing, 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 bing. Bong, bong, bong. What is bong, this? Bong. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, an, is that a song I should know? No, no. It's an original. It's an OG. Oh, that's why it's terrible. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Should I try again? No, that was perfect. <laughs> Hello, this is Just for Podcast, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. And I started by singing the inaugural Bing Bong song. That's true. It's different every week to keep you on your toes. Never good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. My name is Claire Toddy. James Clement is here also. What do we do, James, on this show? We're like, hey, we, we watch this. Maybe you should watch it. <laughs> And then judging on judging by whether or not you think uh, our opinions are valid or whether that show or book or whatever it is sounds good, then you might go and do that. Or you just go, oh, yeah, that's, enough. that's all I need to know about that. <laughs> do you ever just watch a review of something and go, oh, yeah, no, I get it? That's literally what I do a lot. Okay, great. A lot. I think I enjoy just hearing people talk about things more than I actually watch them anymore. <laughs> I think you enjoy looking at houses that we won't buy because we have a house. <laughs> I know. It's very strange. It's my downtime. I don't like reality television. There's a lot of things I don't like. Clearly, Minions is on the list from last week. Dear God. God damn it. Terrible. Claire. We'll get to some letters at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. A circuit in my brain uh, exploded. I think anyway, some people had some inspiration to send some emails to you <laughs> about your opinion. I liked that that portmanteau you made there. Thank you. Yes, but the real estate.com thing is like a real – it's not an ad, by the way. I just – I feel like it's like <laughs> – It's not? It's not for the website. I just – there's something about refreshing it and little houses pop up and then I'm like, oh, we could live on this location by the coast. We could live up in the mountains in this lovely shack. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I don't know why I love it. I can't explain. But people love lots of dumb things. You love lots of dumb things. Yeah. Speaking of dumb things, you want to recommend something? i got a dumb thing to recommend. That I really Claire. probably won't like. You might like this. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so there's a show on Apple+. Plus. There's only been two episodes as of so far. It's mm-hmm. called Black Bird. Two words. Right. Can I just say, I know you're probably already going to say this, Apple Plus sometimes does have some real excellent stuff. Well, I think we said this every time there's an <laughs> Apple Plus show that I recommend, and I recommend probably one a week. I've actually yeah. got two this week that are most of my things are Apple Plus. That's many. One I've Hashtag also before. not sponsored. That's true. Uh, but they did get me because I got a new phone and then, I'm, and then you get a year's subscription. And I'm like, this is going forever, this subscription that I got. Wow. And then I looked at it and it was like three years ago that I've just, it's just been taking money from me. But uh. I, I don't mind. It's, uh, it's good. Anyways, this, and it's, it's easier than pirating. Uh, so this is the story, Claire, of a convicted, a true story, sorry, of a convicted drug dealer by the name of Jimmy Keane who was offered his freedom in exchange for coaxing a confession out of suspected serial killer Larry Hall and finding where his victims are buried. Good God. Now this stars Taron Edgerton. Do you know him? Yeah, Joel Edgerton's little lone brother. No, or Egerton, <laughs> is it? He's, uh, he's Eddie the Eagle. Oh, yes, he's great. Yeah, he, I totally made that up about Joel Edgerton. I'm very sorry. Joel Edgerton does have a brother. He's called Nash Edgerton. He's a stuntman slash director. You've told me this and he's kind of cooler. 
Almost. Well, he's, he did that show, uh, Mr. In Between. He's like the creator of that or co-creator of Mr. In Between. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes, is an yes. amazing show that I've talked about before. People it's should very check good. it out. Starring Scott Ryan. It's incredible. One of the best shows I've watched in uh, recent so incredible. Years. This old Jimmy over and here is Australian. yelling about it. And it's Australian. Australian. Well. Yeah. Down under, mate. There's two. There's two that's right. There's two Australian shows I love. Three, actually. The Comedy Company. Rove Live. <laughs> Mr. In Between. The three cornerstones, the pyramid, the trifecta. Of what about Burke's backyard? Yeah, look, uh, Don Burke, uh, notoriously awful human being. Yeah, terrible. Got cancelled for uh, for very good he reasons. He was he was retired for like twenty years. Yeah, so like he got, got cancelled twenty years he later. Was such it a didn't really shit. affect him. You know what's weird? Because so horribly sh- horrible. What we used to do in Australia as children on Friday nights, uh, we'd sit down with our parents and we'd watch a gardening show called Burke's Backyard, starring <laughs> Don Burke who was like a bearded kind of, you know, flannel-wearing gentleman. He'd work around, walk around a backyard and be like, this is a great pagola or whatever the fuck people do on those shows. And it was just on for like decades. And even at the time, like everybody knew he sucked. Everyone's like, yeah, he seems really nice on the show, but isn't he terrible? Everybody I know who's ever known anything about him says he's terrible. And then like 20 years later, like all this stuff came out about him, but he did an interview. He's just like, yeah, I am terrible. What of it? He's I'm really, terrible. He's, I'm Don he, Burke. Oh, God. He's just awful. Like, horrible to everyone. And yeah. was there also sexual allegations against him? I believe so, yeah. I don't, I don't know the specifics. No, I don't know either. Head, but, yeah, I believe so, so. But And as everyone knows, I love a gardening show. And I loved that show. I loved it too. It was it's the so only thing on. It's so jolly and French and friendly. I know. It was that or I would be watching the reruns of MASH. Yep, and then yep, the bill. Yep, same. That was basically, and then Balakis Angel. We had the same childhood. <laughs> uh, second season of Balakis Angel had Colin Farrell, a very young Colin Farrell in it. Really? It did, yeah. Ah, oh, that was my first stirrings of something in mm, Angel. I bet it was, Claire. Yes. Oh, was a little it the bit priest? of priestly chemistry there. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. loved that show, though. Goodness. And I also really liked Keeping Up Appearances. Fuck Keeping Up Appearances. I hate that show. It's my sister Bob. The worst show on television. I loved it. The my bouquet. Show. Mrs. Bouquet. Anyway. Anyways, Claire. Uh, so Let's go back to the. Darren Edgerton, who's great, who might be the new Wolverine. Can you That's explain the, the story again to me? He's a serial killer. No, no. He's, he was a drug dealer, convicted. Yes. Yes. Offers his freedom in exchange for getting a, confection, a confession out of a suspected or a serial confection. killer. Or a confection. Or a confession. A slight Mars bar. He has to get a Mars bar out of a vending machine. <laughs> but he doesn't have any coins. He's got to tilt it a certain way and maybe it'll fall out. It also stars Paul uh, Walter Hauser, who people might know also from the new Karate Kid show, Cobra Kai. Uh, Sepide Moafi. Ray Liotta, recently deceased uh, from Goodfellas. Uh, very oh. famous actor. Yeah. Uh, and Greg Kinnear, who you would know from. He was actually, Greg and he was in the American version of Rake. Yes. I, I didn't watch it. Apparently that. it wasn't great, but I like no, Greg Kinnear. Yeah. The, the Australian version is actually really good. Yeah. I, it, it, it got a bit wacky at the end. Yeah, I stopped watching it. There was an extra season after I thought it finished and then I was watching it and then I just, he got into Parliament. And it's fine. but It's it, fine. It, it got it a started, bit too loose. Um, yeah. Ludicrous. I mean, the whole thing is quite ludicrous. But the, there was a thing with a f- hot air balloon. His yeah. friend Barney got taken off in a Barney. hot air balloon. That was him. Hanging upside down. Oh, he was. Yeah, it just started to annoy me. Yeah. But I really liked how um, dark his character was and very sarcastic and funny. That's, that's right. Probably why I'm married to you. Maybe. That's probably why. You're a real rake. rake. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's much smarter than me. Anyways, so this guy, uh, Jimmy Kane, he's living the high life, right? He's got <laughs> his good mates. He's got a big screen uh, 90s television because it's set in like the mid 90s. 
and he was like a former college kind of football guy. He's very fit and healthy, and the women love him. And he's just like he's always got a got a got a cool sweater on, and he's and he's doing a big drug deal or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's having a good he's having a good time with his big nineties TV and high life. Anyway, he's busted. The cops come in. He's got a bunch of like drugs, obviously, because he's a drug dealer. A bunch of illegal weapons. So they say to him, "Listen, if you take this deal, you get five years in prison. Right? Just take the deal. Uh, the judge will be go lenient on you." But it turns out that it's some kind of elaborate kind of trick to to make him have an even longer sentence, and it's actually a ten year sentence that he ends up having to serve. So he's there, he's there for about a year or so, and he's just kind of keeping his head down, and he's like got a little hustle, we're like running on the side in the business. But you know, he's in prison. It's like an okay prison as far as prisons go. So at the same time, there was this uh, this series of uh, women who were murdered in a, I can't remember the, which states it is in America, and they suspect it's this guy who's always talking about how when they pull him up, he like he has dreams of killing people or whatever, but he doesn't know what's real or whatever. And it's like, is this bullshit or is he just trying to brag without admitting that he did this particular thing? So this guy's about to get out of jail. And so to keep him in there because he would just start murdering again, they send in Taron Egerton's character, who's a very charismatic kind of figure to coax this confession out of him. And oh. you can't approach him straight away and be like, I love murdering women. Do you love murdering women? Like he has <laughs> Isn't to kind that of. how all guys talk? That's how we talk. <laughs> That's a secret handshake. You're like, do you love murdering women? You don't. Good, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Should not joke. It's not no, a funny No, I know. And, it's um, terrible. And so he's got a, and the other guy's like a, like a weird kind of kook and he does like a Civil War kind of reenactments and he's got like big mutton chops and so he's like the opposite of what Taron Egerton is and he's going to kind of like buddy up to this guy without the guy suspecting like why would this super cool, handsome Taron Egerton looking fellow yes. like be looking out for me. Right. What are mutton chops? Uh, big sideburns. No, no, I know. But is your beard normally grow that high on your face and you just Some sort of shave it down? Some people do. like up here. Some's like quite high on oh, the cheek. But you're, James, it's an audio medium, but James is pointing to just below his sunken eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, my sunken eye, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like but it can't connect because then that's a beard. I know. I know. Yes, I get you. But I, I, I guess my question was, could you grow mutton chops? Could I? Yes. No, mine would be probably too like, probably gone. Uh, I could grow like, what are these? Like a half beard. Down to here, yeah. All right, I say. I could grow yeah. some pretty decent sideburns. But my beard is so like patchy and white and grey. It'd look weird, I think, if I had big sideburns uh, Yeah, now. correct. I, I mean, have to wait till I'm all white and then I grow in my big white sideburns or I dye my <laughs> sideburns. That's a decision I have to make for another day. <laughs> so, yeah, basically the deal is if he can get a confession out of this guy, he walks free. Right. Yeah. I see. This sounds really interesting. I mean, it's is it how many? Also, how many episodes? Probably like eight or ten ah, okay. uh, in total. I think it's ten, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It sounds to me like one of those shows where the first season's really good, and then that doesn't have anywhere to go. Apple does this thing uh, where it won't necessarily do a second season of a thing, especially ah. I feel like this story. And I haven't looked into the real story at all. I don't. It's like one of those based on a true story. So mm-hmm. who knows how much of it is actually real? Where I think. There might be another season, but it would be another character or set of characters, ah, okay. or they just leave it. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll do one offs, which is 
which I like a lot. Yeah. I do too because there's nothing worse than a whole complete story that's – well, there's lots of worse things. But, you know, when the story is completed and then they stretch it out for a second season when all the tension's already gone. Yeah. So then they have to add in more tension but then it's Killing just, Eve maybe. Yes. Correct. I don't yeah, know. I haven't no, seen Killing Eve. Killing Eve the first couple of seasons were great but then when Phoebe Waller-Bridge leaves the writing team, uh, you can tell. Uh, but I haven't watched the most Because she goes, goodbye, season. everybody, and she walks like through the set. I'm leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time, but I'm going to be famous. I'm going to do Fleabag. Famous and then baby gonna, yeah. singing so long, farewell, I'll be the senior Joe. I'm off to get a Golden Globe or something. I'm going to be in a Did Star Wars film. Yeah. Yeah, was she she was in the she was a robot? Yeah, it's not a good movie. No, That's all but right. she's cool enough. No, I don't think she I don't Very think it's good. I don't lanky. like that movie. Yeah, all she right. must be due to do a thing. She, she wrote wrote on the Bond. The she wrote bond. the Bond script. Oh, the new one. Oh, she yeah. contributed to it at least. I don't know how much of that she actually did. She's also – she was doing a version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know, the, the Brad Pitt, Angelina yeah. Jolie. They're making a TV show with that and it was her and Donald Glover. And oh. I think they were both writing on it. But I think she left. Uh. I think that could have been really good because they were both in that Oh, as and they're well. so good, the two yeah. of those guys. I feel like those two together would be a great dinner party. I agree. Mr. and it, Mrs. Smith, yeah. though, it's not, it's not a great movie. No. It's not. Isn't that famously where they fell in love, fell Brad Pitt and the Jolly? Yeah. My recommendation has a has a bit of a pit in it. Oh, okay. Got a giant pit that I want to jump in, like a handsome man mm. who's aged. Can I talk now or are you still talking? Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just checking if it's the role is being, yeah, the role is being recast. That's a shame. Oh, it's got Maya Erskine though. She's really good. You know her. She's from like Pen15. She's been in this. <gasps> yeah, this she good, is great. Yeah. And that's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Maybe it'll be good. Anyways. All right. Thank you. you What was the name of the show you recommended? It's called Black Space Bird. Bird. And it's on Full stop. It's on Apple TV, television plus. All you got to do is buy a new phone or an Apple device, uh, sign up for your account for free for one year and then forget that you've signed up and then it takes more money. (laughs) That is a thousand percent it, isn't it? But then also have a business which is built around basically reviewing media and then you can write it off on tax. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Did the business come first or did you see a need for you to have all the subscription services ever and charge it? I would be, I'd definitely be more picky if I didn't have to. Me too. Yeah, I, I, I would. There was a few. I'd I'd be like constantly like cancelling and re-upping different ones. Ah, oh, you'd be more sneaky, sneaky. Or I'd probably just pirate a bunch of stuff. Realistically, don't say that on the airways. Well, we'll get the police involved. I am. No, we no, we're paying for subscription service anyway. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's my turn. Let's now, do it. controversially, I'm going to talk about a thing you've already talked about, but then you said that precedent already because you recommended a poem that I'd already recommended. Oh, my God. So yeah. I feel like I'm justified in being able to do this. I'm talking about The Lost City, the 2022 film starring one Sandra Bullock and one Channing Tatum. Channing's Tatum. The Tate, as I like to call him, as delicious as potatoes and as versatile. <laughs> uh, yes. That's a really <laughs> nice and unique compliment, I feel. <laughs> 
Good. I think so too, right? Everyone loves potatoes. They're delicious. I mean, and Channing Tatum can also dance. Yeah. As he does in this movie, which I really appreciate. He does a bit of dancing. He does a lot of dancing. Here's a question for you in this movie uh-huh. that I've already talked about. Correct. Is he better with or without the wig? Oh, without. That's what I thought. That's, what I thought. I mean, that's what I thought. What are you even saying? That's what I thought, Claire. Okay. So as you've already discussed this film, I am just going to quickly do a little recap. Is that all right? Because it was a little yeah, while no, ago for anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it. So The Lost City is a 2022 American action-adventure comedy film directed by the Knee Brothers who co-wrote the screenplay with Oren Uziel and Dana Fox from a story conceived by Seth Gordon. It stars Sandra Bullock, as mentioned, and the Dana Tate. Dana Fox? Dana, yeah. Really? That would be it. And Channing Tatum as a romance novelist. Not Channing Tatum. Sandra Bullock is the romance novelist mm-hmm. and Channing Tatum is the cover model. Now, Sandra Bullock's character must escape a billionaire played by Daniel Radcliffe and find the lost ancient city described in one of her books. Mm, the film co-stars Divine Joy Randolph with cameo appearances from Brad Pitt and Stephen Lang. Now, Divine Joy Randolph plays Sandra Bullock's manager mm-hmm. or That's literary true. agent, I guess, and she's hilarious in this as well. Brad Pitt is so good. He's funny. He's, he's so funny. He's only in it for a short time, but he's so funny and there's like really great chemistry and he's very handsome in this. Sometimes he, he's started to look a little bit odd. But well, he's yeah, he's, very handsome. He's, pretty, he's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just I just loved so many things about this movie, one of which is just the, the comic timing of Sandra Bullock yes. in particular. Like Channing Tatum plays this kind of airhead sort of, you know, cover model of her racy romance novels. Yeah. And she's obviously a very serious academic who's fallen into writing romance novels to get people to read about her love of history. And then she yeah. basically, her, her partner's died and so she becomes really sort of bitter and cynical and hates her job basically. Totally. But I just, I loved her physical comedy. Oh, she's so great. She's so good. What did you think of her sequiny outfit? Oh, loved that. <laughs> I loved that for so many re- Oh, my gosh, so many reasons. She wears this bright hot pink sequin outfit, mm. uh, like bodysuit. My favourite thing actually, one of my favourite things, is just her trying to get on a stool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's at the start, yeah. <laughs> it's at the very yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but it made me laugh so just the way she's standing that she keeps trying to get on this stool and it's like giving her a wedgie and she hates it. And it's yeah, great. it looks really uncomfortable. It looks awful. And it would be awful if you're so scratchy and terrible. It's, and it's such a fun thing to put in a movie because it keeps like coming back, you know. It's like a – so I saw behind, behind the scenes things about it as well. It's like its own character. You know, it, like it – it's, it plays such a pivotal role in an annoying way, like the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, in so many ways, right? Like there's sequins in the river when they're being hunted through the jungle and, yeah. you know, it gets ripped and used as a distraction at one point. Yeah. And, and it's also a callback. So all the way through, the comedy is kind of used too. Yes. And even in, I think, one of the final sh- scenes, she apologises to the, her manager about the ruining it. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, you're right. It is a character in its own right. I think it's wonderful and Channing Tatum, obviously, his comedy is great. He's too. great. He's really he's good. So, I mean, he's, he's been really so funny for handsome, a long time. Yeah. But he's very, very funny. He's very handsome. He really is. What's it's, your favorite G.I. Joe movie that he's in? Haven't seen any of them. Yeah, but if you had to pick one, the first one or the second one? I would say the fourth one. No, no. First one or second one? Well, the fourth one is the movie Snake Eyes. There was the animated movie in the eighties. <laughs> there was GI Joe. Uh, there was GI Joe the the movie, which is the one where he takes his shirt off. I don't think any of them. Oh, maybe the maybe the second 
But first live action okay. one. Maybe the first one I'll go with. The first live action one. Yeah, okay. that's actually the one that he's in the most because he actually he was written out of the second one. He's only in it for like 15 minutes. Oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. Can I talk about my thing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear God. All right, so that was one of the things I loved. I loved the chemistry between Sandra and Channing. I thought they just – it was awesome. As previously discussed, I loved the fact that she's how, in her 50s now uh-huh, uh-huh. and he's sort of 20 years younger than her almost. And I just love the fact that she's got ostensibly one of the most handsome, you know, <laughs> actors in the world in her film because I guess she is able to now. She's got that kind of – Absolutely, and yeah. It kind of flips that script. I also like that there were really light-hearted moments but then also some deeper moments too that I thought were quite touching. But it's just one of those good old-fashioned – adventure comedy romps with a bit of romance thrown in with great good special effects and like yep, fun it, story and it, it's a movie they don't they kind of don't really make those kind of it's like, like the mummy right yeah, it it's reminds got, me of the yeah, mummy it's got a bit of that like romancing the stone you know a bit of indiana jones bit of like george of the jungle it's like that kind of yeah, kind of yeah yeah exactly and i just i really got taken away with it i feel like it's quite a family friendly movie too uh, brad pitt does get oh yeah yeah no maybe not <laughs> Maybe more like teenagers. It's yeah. definitely a, f- a movie you could watch with teenagers and everyone would enjoy it. But um, I liked the, I liked the whole thing. I just my one of my other favorite moments is that little scene between Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock, and she's like, "Why are you so handsome?" Yeah. He's like, "I'm just here to save you." And <laughs> you guys, what is it? My father was my father was a weatherman or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she's like. Oh. And they've got this real chemistry. It's like this moment where he's trying to like untie her from a chair or something and they're just like quoting Latin back to each other. I just, yeah, it's just a really great little moment. Have they been in a thing together? Probably have over the years. I'm sure they probably have. You got the feeling like, and I don't know if this is true, you got the feeling like her and um, Brad Pitt have known each other because they've been famous at the same kind of echelon for so many years that you got the feeling like they're friends. I just kind of got that vibe, yeah. or at least they know each other. I'm sure and, they would, yeah. You know, because, yeah, there's not that many people in the world who would be as famous as either of them. They're in the upcoming movie Bullet Train, which is a Brad Pitt action movie set on a bullet train. Oh, there you go. But I don't know if she's in it that much, but they're both in Oceans movies. They're yeah, just that not is the, They're not in the same true. Oceans movies. Yeah, you just get the feeling like them and also maybe George Clooney and I Julia Roberts. I love imagining the lives of celebrities and thinking about how they're all friends. Claire. It makes me happy. <laughs> God, I hope they just catch up. You know what movie I'm really looking forward to seeing, which will probably be terrible? There's a movie coming out with Julia Roberts and George Clooney and it's kind of like a rom-com kind of vibe. They meet on a plane and I think they were divorced many years ago but they share kids or at least a daughter and she's getting married and they're trying to stop the wedding. And it just looks like one of those really classic cheesy movies that could be terrible. to Paradise. I haven't seen this at all. I I saw a trailer for it and it. It could either be a really lovely, fun rom-com that I will love or it could be terrible. But yeah. either way, I just, I really like the, that chemistry. A oh, good cast as well. Yeah, right? It's really Billy good Lord cast. and Caitlin uh, Deva. Yeah, so Deva? I'm looking Deva. forward to watching that. Cool. Yeah, that's all I really wanted to say about this, I guess, just that it's done really well at the box office too, The Lost yeah. City, right? And I hope they make another one. Do you think they would or is it more a yeah, one-off? Yeah, they might. I mean, it feels like it could be that kind of kind of movie, but, you know, it's kind of like, it is a, a kind of complete story. It's also like they find a lost city, but it's not like they go in there and then there's like a dragon comes out or like a, there's a big trap. It's not like that kind of No, it's movie. got like a really beautiful, I think that's what I liked, that, and Sandra mm. Bullock does this so well. These moments in it, she's lost her husband mm. and you really do feel the grief of that character, even though he's not in it at yeah. all. 
you sort of get a sense of what they've built together as a couple and how she's been untethered ever since. Yeah. And that's kind of beautiful. And I also love there's a Latin phrase, I can't remember what it was, where at the end of something. Oh, be, oh sh- <laughs> Isn't that Latin? Latin, yeah. Yeah, it's Latin. You're right. You're just, you're a genius. It's astounding. I know. You know where she's like the sweetness after something difficult, that kind of well, phrase. Well said. <laughs> anyway, The guys, sweetness after don't... something difficult. Doesn't make, I really butched it. Anyway, it's just a phrase that her and her husband would say after they've got through a particularly hard, you know, project yeah. or something. And it's kind of that feeling of looking back on it and being like, wow, this is a real joy. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of uh, adult life and parenting and marriage is that getting yeah. through some really hard things and then pausing for a moment and yeah. being like, hi, this, yeah, okay, cool. Things are okay. This is cool. It was like when we bought a house. Do you remember when we, we've already talked about this moment before on the show? When we bought our house and it felt like a thing that we would never be able to do yeah. and we did and then we sat on our back porch and I mean, just yeah, we're the, the, best people the who kids ever lived. went to bed. <laughs> no, but we just sat there and just felt like yeah. really proud. Yeah. I remember that in between sleeplessness mm, absolutely. and all the things. All right, so that's that's it. The Lost City, uh, you can find it on, where is it? Is it on Australia? It's on everything now. now. It's on yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, really, it's definitely worth purchasing if you can to watch it. It would definitely be a fun thing to watch on a Saturday night. Yeah. If you're staying at home. Or Friday. Finish up your Burke's Backyard and then go straight into this. <laughs> it's just a real fun night though. Yeah. Like I do think it'd be. Well, I did tell a, you to watch it like three months ago. So I'm glad I know, you finally got I know, around to it. I know. And I very much appreciate it. Great. Excellent. There's a show I just want to quickly recommend this, Claire, because I have talked about it before, also on Apple Plus. It's called For All Mankind. Ooh, you uh, have talked about this before. Exploring the possibilities that might exist if the global space race had continued and where humanity would be now. So the first uh, season, it starts with the Russians land on the moon first, mm-hmm. and that triggers a different kind of space race because the Americans are now on the back foot. So it becomes this. It's basically, you know, what's happening now except – how kind of what things happened, what has happened, things that were but better. Technology advances further, like clean energy advances further. There's a lot of things about this universe and I'm like, this seems much or at least slightly better than what we're doing now. So the first series was set in the 60s, uh, then I, the late 60s, and then I think it jumped to the 80s and now the third season is in the 90s. And now it's about the race to Mars. And uh, this time around, so it's the Russians and the Americans and they're also going up against like a privatized uh, space company, like a SpaceX, like a Elon Musk kind of organization. So they're all now trying to to get to Mars. To you know, that's the next step forward in human colonization and uh, advancement in technology, Ugh. et cetera, and so forth. No, it's really good, Claire. No, no, I'm not about that. I'm annoyed about. I just want them to leave Mars alone. Why? Can you just leave space alone? They've just destroyed our planet. I'm talking about the billionaires. No, no, we need space though, unfortunately, Claire. Oh, it advances, it, it, it advances technology. It means that there's more like they develop like clean fuel, things like that. Did you see the thing this week where they're like just they think they've solved alone. global warming or something about it, like a giant balloon to put into space to block the sun's radiation? I'm like, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Can't they just stop polluting and no, come Claire. up with better solutions it's, and I, care for the planet I we actually saw have? someone who put in a comment God. that was like, in Futurama, when the, when the earth warms up, what they decide to do instead of tackling emissions is just drop a, find a, get a really big ice cube and put it <laughs> in the ocean and then it cools it down and it's like the problem has been solved for now. 
<laughs> so, oh, yeah. my God. It's so infuriating. I just feel like all those brains that are sending things into space, couldn't they just focus on yeah. getting, like I said, my solution, oh, getting my all the rubbish in the world and sending it on a big rocket. Well, then how are you going to do that if you don't have a space program? And the other thing is, yeah, I, I agree with you because I think a lot of like private organizations and terrible companies, and this includes like everything from like law firms and finance and tech and all these things, they suck up all the brightest minds by with incentives of money. Mm-hmm. And be, and then so or they and I just feel like they pour into like Mars alone app design that will trick a child into spending their parents' money or or whatever. Yeah, you know? incredibly depressing. Anyway, let's get back to your fictional. Universe. No, no, that's pretty much it because I've talked about it before. It's uh, it's really great. It's uh, it's happening week to week. It's got an excellent cast, and they're always kind of cycling people in and out because it does take over the span of like twenty, thirty years, and 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 whatever. It's like got excellent production values as well. Uh, it's just, it's just a, it's like, I was going to say, it's like, it's like been quietly excellent for a while. Like people are like kind of aware of it, but if you've heard of it and you're like, I should watch that, you should watch it. It's really good. Okay. Excellent. That would be good. All right. Um, my second recommendation is an Instagram account and a company actually. So it's called Good Bloke Co. And I know oh, yeah, you, I follow this, yeah, yeah. you already follow them on Instagram. It's basically run by, um, their founder, Mike Dyson. And he was originally in Chinese medicine, I think, as well. But he's had a lot of time talking and presenting and running workshops specifically for men and talking about masculinity. So he runs camps and retreats by skilled and enthusiastic facilitators with a wide range of talents. They come from diverse backgrounds Mm -hmm. and have diverse perspectives. And their common belief is that men need spaces to explore how to be happier and healthier for their own sake, for their mate's sake, and for their boys' sake, and Mm. for the sake of women and girls who feel the brunt when men go off the rails. Uh. So it's really having a different kind of conversation about masculinity, which I think is really needed. And he has lots of kind of promotions about the camps that he runs for mothers and sons, so teenage boys, and for fathers and sons as well. And they just look so beautiful and welcoming and really important, I think. And he sets up really wonderful kind of, I guess, sort of games and discussions and ways of getting boys to open up in a different kind of setting outside. There's a lot of kind of nature walks and, you know, games on the beach and just I think maybe some of this ritual that used to be around and particularly in our First Nations cultures too of rites of passage and talking to boys about boyhood and manhood and what it means to be a good man. Mm. I think some of that's been lost. Mm. And so he's on a real mission to try and change that. And one of the reasons I've brought him up specifically is he had this beautiful video that I saw this morning actually that was about fatherhood. And he just gives like a little chat to fathers about how so many of the men that he talks to and sees feel isolated and exhausted and run down. And he said that if that's you, you shouldn't feel like you need to do that alone and that actually reaching out to the other dads, and I know you're going to be like, other dads, but other dads in your community, in your street, at your kids' school might also be feeling the same and that you don't actually have to go through it alone and that your wife doesn't have to be your only person that understands you and gets it. Yeah. Because I have no, I wanted to talk to you about this because I have noticed a pattern with older men in our lives that I know where they seem to lose more and more friends. Because they're all dying. Yeah. Or not even just that, but they just seem to like isolate themselves a bit. Yeah. And whereas women, I don't, and this is such a generalization, but 
from my observation, women tend to have more complex social networks. And sometimes I feel like guys can be a bit isolated. No, I think that's completely true. I think uh, guys, uh, not always, but, you know, they kind of, they either latch onto the friends that they've got, they've had like initially, and then they don't really kind of make other friends and those friends kind of fall away, you know, over the years. That's not strictly true and I, that's not strictly a guy thing. But, yeah, no, I think it is that. I do think it is the case men kind of have trouble kind of reaching out to other men and being like, hey, do you want to hang out together? <laughs> is that cool? Yeah. and Or is that weird to be like, I like spending time with you? <laughs> I also noticed, and I don't, which, I'm wondering if you would agree with this, that mm. there's often this idea that you can maybe say, would you like to catch up for a beer? But if you yeah. said, do you want to go for a walk or get a coffee or go and do an activity? Yeah, it's not it as. It might be a bit strange. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. But yeah, it, it is a stranger kind of. It's, a, it's, not, it's not actually strange. It's a very normal thing to do. It is. Especially yeah. if it's somebody like you don't know as well or don't see as often like if it's somebody you know and you're just like hey do you want to get a coffee or whatever do you want to go for a walk or a run then that's fine yeah it feels more fine all of these things are fine i'm not i'm not trying to be like no don't do that maybe it's not met just not as done as often yeah well well i don't know i mean it's the same of a lot of other cultures but australia is like it's got it's a big drinking culture you know and it's acceptable to be like you're at the pub and you're like my wife she sucks you know <laughs> is that what you guys do talk you, about there? Like women <laughs> oh, God. Um, but that's I think that's a really interesting conversation to be had there right because hmm. what I've noticed in our community we've got all these incredible parents around us and the mums have kind of got all these big social groups and WhatsApp groups kind of established and we're going and doing things and catching up and sometimes it's wines but it's not always that. It's lots of other things too. Yeah. And I've noticed some of the dads are, you know, might be interested in that kind of thing but they don't really have that in the same way. And, yeah. I, you know, and I do think that there's something about having a support network of people who are going through the similar kind of things as you and for masculinity, I wonder if that's even more important mm. to to stop those old patterns of ways of being where, you know, men think that they have to just kind of suppress everything mm. and be strong all the time and never be able to kind of open up and, you know, show their vulnerability and process their emotions. Because the other video he did, which I thought was really good too, was about how if you didn't have a good father figure or you had an absent father, stop blaming yourself when you don't get it right. Yeah, when I you act out at your yeah. family or when you say the wrong things and you explode and get really angry. He's like, it's not your fault. You haven't had that support network. Mm. So it's about reaching out and finding other ways of being in the world and actually, you know, trying to find people to help you yeah. kind of through that or model some of that, which I guess is what the conversation he's having over there is. It just reminded me too of how when teenage boys get to be teenage boys, the narrative often is, and I've spoken to other mums even, you know, about this where their sons almost break up with them mm. and they stop talking to their mum and that breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not under any illusion that he's going to be 14 and be like, my mum's the coolest. Mm. But I do want to keep that window and conversation open with him and that relationship yeah. open. And I wanted to ask you actually because obviously Mike had some great ideas over at Good Bloke Co, but mm. what's your perspective on that? I mean the, the thing is as well, like I, I don't have any teenagers yet. 
So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make yeah. sense. So I, yeah. I think it is just about like finding activities to, to do together, things that, you know, that where you're both in a comfortable space to talk. I know, and you've done this before, like when you're walking, I think guys, and this is a general and it's not just guys, uh, like walking is a good time for them to talk because there's something about sitting face-to-face with somebody which is, I don't know, I don't know if I find it less comfortable. It depends on the person maybe, but, yeah, walking side-by-side, side, it is easier just kind of to chat kind of as As you're, you're moving walking and walking and around. Yeah. That's so good. That's why often conversations in the car too yeah, kind definitely. of happen because kids can't. You're kind of both there, I guess, yeah. in the moment. But that walking, and I think that's exactly what the camps that he's running kind of do. They're activity based. Yes. So rather than sitting down, being like, "How are you?" Yeah, but it also, you know, from what I can see, and I haven't done these, but I think, I mean, if they're still around, I'd love to do something like it. You know, in ten years or so. That um, uh, yeah. It also you have they make you share with each other. You know, yeah. which is not something you would normally do. You know, you wouldn't get your kid and necessarily but like sit down and be like, right, let's do this activity about feelings or whatever they do. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but I guess it's a little bit like you, I remember when you were at school, you went away on a camp and yeah. they, you got your, they had your parents write you letters. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really powerful. Yeah. And it was weird because my dad wrote my letter and it was like, you hear things about yourself that you don't, you know, that they might not have said, or you might not have, like they may have said, and you might not have heard, you know, but you're really like paying attention in that. In that circumstance. Moment. Yeah. There's something about going away together as a group, usually in a bush setting or somewhere out in nature and on a camp that does open young people up and everyone up, I think, when you're away out of your home environment rather than being at school. I always thought they were really special times. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely something that I'm thinking about doing and keeping in mind in the toolkit, yeah, but later down the track. And I also am just reflecting on it now. Our son's getting older and I'm I'm conscious, as we discussed last week, that we have very different interests. Yeah. And so I don't want to lose that relationship with him because I don't like playing video games or whatever it is. And and part of it is me just learning some of that stuff to have a conversation. You don't like playing Star Mario Strikers? (laughs) No, it gives me a heart attack. It's it's so awful. It's so overwhelming. I really can't do it. Anyway, the other thing that Mike did say, and I thought this was very valuable too, was that at a certain point, boys get older and you stop wrestling with them and, and yeah. play fighting oh, with I saw them. This one as well, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, right? He said, actually, we should be doing that all the way through their teenagehood because it's about them learning their boundaries. And it's a bit harder because they're bigger and, you know, scarier. Yeah. But it's important. And I think that that rang true for me. Would you say that would have? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, you know, it's, um, it's something you, you do with like little kids because it gets them used to like. Their boundaries. Double play. And not only that, but it's like the bare boundaries and other people's boundaries and when to say stop and, you know, when to pull back yeah. and how hard to, to hit somebody when you're not really, you know, when you're just mucking around. Yeah. That's all that stuff. And that's good for everybody. That's not just a, a boy's thing. Yeah, completely. I would yeah. say that for girls as well. Mm. And I guess this all leads also into some really rich conversations about consent to it, well, totally. and it's, respecting it's, it's other part people. Of them be like, yeah. oh, that's a bit too rough or whatever, or oh, that actually hurt me a little bit, and you know, yeah, and just pull back and learning to listen. Yeah. And but I just thought that was interesting that yeah, at a certain point, that can all just stop. 
because you think yeah. it's not appropriate or something anymore when actually kids need that longer. Mm. It's the same with hugs and affection, I think, too. Sometimes as kids get older, we can think they don't need as much of that anymore and I still think they do up until obviously you know your child and know yeah. when's appropriate there's, or not. But there's so many threads that I've seen that it's just like boys and men who just like want to be held or to like to hug somebody, you know, and they don't have that or haven't had it since, you know, they were a kid. And, again, it's not just boys. But um, well, that breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Well, I'm fine. Well, let's. Uh, do you know you can actually <laughs> I review can hold the show? You if you like. No, I'm good. You can actually review this show. Don't touch me, anybody. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but that, doesn't that break your heart? Oh, like, definitely. Of because course, I yeah. do think that that you know, at the end of the day, we all want to be loved. And, yep. And yeah, so go love your young people. That's one good thing about having a partner. The only good thing is you've got somebody to like to hug. You know? <laughs> It's a good thing. Or you can get an anime body pillow, which is also fine. Uh, you know you can review the show, Claire. It's oh, simple. no. This is what I.J. Griffiths says. Keep it up. I love the show. I love oh, the show. And gosh. unlike some others, I like James' opinion. James's opinion. Oh, Thank you. Oh, you've lost me. Uh, he also put apostrophe, James apostrophe and then an extra S. Is that right? I feel like it's not right? an S. I feel like it's just James apostrophe. Mm, I'm just thinking about James's. Yeah, anyway, I really enjoy that he doesn't like my opinions anymore. I really enjoy the general dynamic and hope that you guys keep producing this podcast, which never fails to make me laugh. Speaking of, of course, we are taking a break in August. We are. We talked about that last week, did we? I don't think we did on Mm. the suggestibles. Okay. Uh, So just for those who um, aren't aware, we have decided to take the whole of August off. Yep. A big old break. It's the first one we've done in like 10 years. Yep. It's a big thing, but we've decided to do it network-wide and that's also all the people that work for us as well are taking a little break too. So mm-hmm. the Facebook group for Planet Broadcasting will still be running but bare bones. Oh, will it? Okay. Well, we're still debating that. Yeah. So at the moment I'm trying to get Collings to take a proper break yeah. and he keeps saying, no, I'll be on there a little bit. So. Um, But things will definitely be scaled right back. There will still be big sandwich content coming out though, but just old episodes and things like that, not new content. We won't be on the socials. That's right. Goodness me, for a whole month of August, time to do some resting. The the occasional Instagram post, I don't bloody know. Anyway, Claire, do you have a letter? I do. Okay, so if you want to write into the show with your suggestibles, you can at suggestiblepod at gmail.com, just like Annabelle has Dear Claire and James, my partner and I often listen to the pod on our separate commutes and come back to discuss later in the day. We are both in our mid-twenties. He works in a bookshop and I'm a history PhD student. Oh, big nerds. I know. Sandra Bullock would be very impressed. I think so. So last week, Claire, you were exasperated about fighting in movies. (sighs) You are correct, Annabelle. You asked what is the point of them and alluded to the idea that just boys and men were interested in them. Mm. I would just like to say that I'm a woman of colour working in a field with very few people who look like me, so Mm. I'm acutely aware of inequalities even within my very small sphere of influence and don't get me started on the bigger injustices of the world. But I like big, punchy action movies. They do have their fair share of problems when it comes to representation, have a handful of POC and often not as main characters. There is very little representation of the LGBTQI community and sometimes women are simply props in these movies, but there are good ones. Agreed. Some of my favourites are Pacific Rim, Mm -hmm. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Black Panther. 
Good movie. These movies have some really great action scenes that tell a lot about the characters' motivations, beliefs, and backstory. They also take on themes that can easily relate to real life. They have something that they are fighting for to better the world they live in. It just so happens that they do it with fists, guns, or very big robots. When done well, the scenes are so well choreographed, you could even consider it dancing. Yes. That's something that you said to me too. Don't just take it from me. The YouTuber Jill Beerup has a whole channel about analysing movie fights. She even has some on Pacific Rim and Mad Max Fury Road. She also has some on Pirates of the Caribbean, if that's more your speed. And she has a background in stage combat and critically breaks down fight scenes to highlight the importance of camera framing, setting, levels and movements and how all this matters for characters and the story as a whole. The videos are usually around 10 minutes long and are a lot of fun. Really gonna check this out. You should check it out. Thank you so much. I actually Annabelle. made a list of uh, films that are either have f- f- uh, female uh, action leads, or co-leads, or directed by female uh, directors. Ooh, I should make my way through. Yeah. Yes, I would be. I can we'll finish the letter and then I can okay. go through some of those. Um, as an aside, my partner would like to recommend a book for James, ah. Mickey Seven by Edward Ashton. What's it called, sorry? Mickey Seven. Mickey Seven. It's a fun sci-fi novel similar to the movie Moon with some great movie, world building and characters. It's also being turned into a movie with Bong Joon-ho as the director. Oh, he's, he, yeah, he did um, Parasite and Mm, amazing and starring oh, Robert Pattinson. Yes, yes Robert Pattinson, Stephen Ewan, and Tony Collette. This was originally published in 1918. I was really looking forward to this. I didn't know it was based on a book. I am going to read this book. I don't. This was actually my idea. <laughs> oh, that's great. He Thank also you. works at a bookstore, so he will know his stuff. For store, I imagine for he sure. would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always great listening to the pod, and we look forward to more suggestibles. Best wishes, Annabelle and Eddie. Thank you, Annabelle and Eddie. That was a wonderful letter. I know. It was such a wonderful letter. Yeah. And I am sorry about my big old rant about Minions last week. There are a few other letters about Minions, but maybe I'll just Did they give um, you some inspiration, Claire, to love the movie? <laughs> some inspiration. I think the takeaway is uh, here is that you hate the movie Minions too, <laughs> but other people can enjoy it, and I think that's fine, and it's a bit of escapism, you know? You know, I guess you. I guess you're probably right. This is right what we there. do. We literally just—it's like here's some things you can escape into. Or whatever. I know you're absolutely right. I'm not quite <laughs> sure why I had such a massive feeling about it. I feel like maybe I don't know if anyone noticed this. Maybe there were some other things going on for me that week, <laughs> <laughs> possibly. And I am a yeah. little embarrassed slash a lot embarrassed. No, uh, it's fine. about my big, have, big emotional feelings. You're allowed to have feelings. I don't have any, but I'd imagine it'd be very troubling. <laughs> uh, here's some other. Oh, so she mentioned uh, Mad Max Fury Road. You've seen this, but the movie Alien and then the movie Aliens. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is the oh, lead. Oh yes, 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 yes. You've yes. seen those, but they're amazing. There's a newer. Uh, this isn't like beloved, but I think it's pretty fun. It's a Birds of Prey movie uh, directed by Kathy Yan, who's got Margot Robbie in the lead as Harley Quinn. Oh, cool. Um, which I think is like a lot, a lot of people don't like love it, but I think it's 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 pretty fun. And I think it's got a real like one really good action scene, particularly in the middle where she breaks into a, um, a police station, which is uh, – and it's like non-lethal stuff. There's a movie uh, called The Old Guard starring Charlie Theron on Netflix, which is about their kind of warriors who are immortal and they, it's just them across time, et cetera. The comic is better, but the movie's still pretty good. The, the newest Terminator movie, Terminator Dark Fate, is again not – it's not beloved, and I know you didn't love Terminator 2, but Terminator Dark Fate is Linda Hamilton comes back and she's like 65 years old as Sarah Connor. So it's – and Arnold Ooh. is back as well as like an older an older Terminator. But the the person they send back in time to protect them uh, is played by Mackenzie Davis. You know Mackenzie Davis? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like – she's tall and she's great and she's in like Blade Runner, a bunch of other stuff. You know her, she's – 
This oh, woman. yeah, she's yeah. And great. I think she's really good. In, oh, I think she's good in general, but she's really good in this particular Terminator movie. movie. I, look, it's not as good as I've, like the first two Terminators, but I think it's easily the best Terminator movie that has come since the, the Terminator. It's got a lot of female kind of leads in it. I think it's great. A lot of people don't think that, but they're wrong. It's, it is good. Uh, <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, it's second Cloverfield Lane, seven Cloverfield movie. It stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is also in the Birds of Prey movie, actually. She's currently, she was in Fargo with Ewan McGregor and now they're married. You probably know her as well. Anyway, she's great. Predators, which is the third Predator movie. Uh, it's got like a, it's mostly men, but there's a, a female sniper in it. Her name is, uh, well, played by Alice Braga, who's really great. Those Who Wish Me Dead. What was that? What was that again? I can't even remember. I did put that in. I'm like, what did I put that in? What, is that in? what movie is that even? Oh yeah, that's that's not a good one. I put that in as a joke. That's the Angelina Jolie one where she's the firefighter. Or whatever. <laughs> that's not a good one. Uh, Winter's Bone is more of a thriller. It's directed by Deborah Granick, and it's from 2010, and it stars um, what's her name? Like fucking Hunger Games. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yes, Jennifer. That's Lawrence. really great. Again, it's more of a thriller. Uh, and if you're looking for comedy movies, The Heat, I think you've seen. That's Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Have you ever seen that? No. The Heat's amazing. If you haven't seen The Heat, no. If you love Sandra Bullock, you'll love The Heat. Okay. The Heat's so funny I and it's love so good. Yeah. And also, to a lesser extent, but it's still a good um, a movie called Spy, which stars um, Melissa McCarthy, and it's got like Jason Statham in it, and it's really silly and funny. It's good, but The Heat is way better. The Heat's incredible. You should watch The Heat. You might have even seen The Heat. You might have just forgotten. I could have forgotten because I'm like that. Okay, can you send me all those recommendations? I will, I will make my way through them. And I will be open to be proven wrong. Yeah, well, you are wrong. You haven't seen this, <laughs> The Heat? No. That's really good. I think Paul Feig directed it. And he's I haven't seen it. Mostly makes good movies. Cool. Uh, I'm excited yeah, now. Paul Feig. Yeah, great. Cool. Excellent. Anyway, there's some things that you might enjoy. Anyways. Oh, thank you so much. Next week is it our – no, we've got a couple more episodes. We've got a couple we more go. episodes. Oh, I just wanted to read one more thing very quickly before we go. Let's do it. Do you remember how last week or maybe the week before we were talking about being tall? Yeah. Yes, correct. I got an email from Ross. Claire and James. Love the podcast and your banter with each other. You recently spoke about being tall and as someone who is considered tall – 6'5", 196 centimetres. I believe I'm qualified to speak on the topic. Being tall in a short person's world is difficult. That's pretty tall. Clothes never fit. Finding a shop that has shoes size bigger than 12 is very difficult. Mm -hmm. On planes, your knees are always rubbing against the seat in front of you. Yeah, that looks like it's it truly a painful existence. And the awful things short people say to tall people truly is despicable. <laughs> they say things such as, if you were any longer, you'd be late. And how's the weather up there? Oh, my God. It's awful. Also, as an Irishman, I'd like an apology from both of you for your horrendous attempts at Irish accents. Please and thank you. Sincerely, Ross. No, I will not apologise. <laughs> Unless you're right in front of me, in which case I'll be like, he's pretty tall. I've got to apologise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ross, I'm very sorry. Oh, no, what was that? <laughs> was that I intentional? Just... Yeah, it was. Now we've got a very tall man with his big long strides coming after us. He's going he's gonna to cram himself onto a plane and fly over and beat us up. Claire, thanks. <laughs> oh. Ross, I'm really sorry, mate. That sounds hard. Mm. They should make a world that's like accommodating for everyone. Well, yeah, it's the, ideally, yes. But um, unfortunately, and it's the same if you're like left handed, I guess, if you're not like in the middle, <laughs> everything's not really built for you, yeah, you know? Correct. Mm. Yeah, that same goes for women, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In general, yeah. if you're not like in the middle, Bog standard white dudes, yeah. things don't work. Oh, settle down, Claire, <laughs> with your culture war worrying. Just because you're worrying. smack bang bog standard yeah, exactly. in the middle. It's built for me. I'm <laughs> fine. Oh, Ross, thank you so much for writing in. Thanks for listening to the show. You're a legend. And thanks for being tall, Ross. 
We appreciate it. Don't make a tall joke. I'm not making a tall joke. How's the weather up there? <laughs> What's it like? <laughs> All right. As always, we've been to Jessica Podcast. Thank you to Raw Colleagues for editing this week's episode and we'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.